0: Hi, welcome to Here to Then, hosted by Carolyn Takeda, former attorney, current small groups pastor, and life coach. Through monthly conversations with pastors, authors, and guests, we hope to stir your thoughts and encourage you to move from where you are to where you want to be in your personal life, in your leadership, or in your ministry. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and I'm the small groups pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, one of the biggest growing trends in churches over the last ten to twenty years probably has been the multi-site model. And a multi-site church is simply a church that's one church, but they meet in multiple locations. Um, and it actually started out uh, initially out of necessity because a church outgrew its meeting space. But then it be- like really took on and became a very popular, fast-growing model, and it's going on all around the world. And in 2014, it was reported that there were 8,000 multi-site churches uh, just in the United States that had over 5 million congregants, um, which is a big chunk of the people here. And so this model initially looked like maybe would it last, but not last. Clearly, it's here to stay. And much has been written, discussed, and debated about these multi-site churches, the pros, the cons, what they're doing well or not. Um, And we will not be discussing any of that today. But instead, (laughs) we're going to to focus on some unique challenges that multi-site models present for those working in small groups ministry. Um, And whether you lead from the central campus or one of the satellite campuses, um, whether you have a really flexible model or a franchise model or whatever it is, um, there are some some tools that you can get uh, that help you manage that well uh, when it comes to groups ministry and for those of us um, like myself who does not work in a multi-site environment I want to encourage you not to turn off the podcast yet because um, not only do I have a, a fantastic guest but there's some relevant ministry principles to consider um, even if you're not on a multi-site thing just related to ministry and things for us to think through and so this conversation may be useful for that um, as well as maybe down the road you guys have been toying around with the idea of setting up a second campus, and it'd be good to know what some of those pitfalls might be going forward. So um, stay tuned, and with me on the program today is Pastor Jason Williams, who is an expert on the multi-site church model. I just called her an expert, Jason, so you're going to you have to get through. That's a lot of
1: pressure, Carolyn.
0: <laughs> I have no doubt you can meet it. Um, he has ex- years of experience running small groups ministry in that context, um, and I really look forward to learning from him. So welcome, Jason, and thanks for being on the program.
1: My pleasure, Carolyn. Thanks for having me, and and hello to everyone out there who's listening.
0: Yeah, so Jason is a Texan born and bred, um, and he has an MBA from the University of Texas at Dallas, and has worked for 10 years in oil and gas and healthcare industry in the IT area. His degree is um, in computer science way back when. (laughs) Um, And... Then he became part of the Chase Oaks Church staff in Plano, Texas for eight years as part of their executive team, their teaching team, and had responsibility for group ministry across all campuses. Um, and then he led one of the campuses, um, the primary one, and then also launched a third new campus, um, at which point, I suppose, after a little while, then in the fall of 2016, Steve Gladen got his way and Jason joined the Saddleback <laughs> staff. <laughs> And has been serving almost a year now as the campus group's development pastor. Um, And of course, we know Saddleback has been doing multi-site for many years. I believe they started in 2010, so about seven years. Um, And Jason, how many satellite campuses do they have now?
1: 18 currently, uh, 14 in in SoCal, uh, four overseas, and, and we'll be launching the 19th on December 1st. So yes. yeah, a lot of balls to juggle.
0: That's a lot, and you are actively involved in leading and developing leaders and groups ministry in all 18 now up to be 19 campuses.
1: This is true. Yes, so yes. Wow, you plan. are the expert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a lot.
1: It is. It's, it's a ton of fun, though. Great, great uh, group of guys and, and gals that we get to work with at all those campuses. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: He said you're very good at reading different cultural contexts, especially international ones. So that, you know what,
1: that's... I'm, getting, I'm getting better, yeah, for sure. I made trips to, to Berlin and to, to Hong Kong uh, last year, and this year I'm going to try to hit uh, Argentina and uh, the Philippines to visit those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at reading cultural settings.
0: We were just <laughs> saying um, off, offline that um, he needs to convince Saddleback to plant a campus in Hawaii so he and his wife can go and enjoy a vacation there. <laughs>
1: My wife would take that trip with me in a heartbeat. I, yeah, I somehow some it. of the
0: other ones, maybe not as much. but <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Well, Jason, let's start off by clarifying what we mean by multi-site. Um, there's a variety of approaches, right? So how to describe and kind of characterize them, maybe in some broad stroke, strokes for us?
1: Yeah, no, for for sure. I, I mean, I think when when you're talking about multi-site, you, you've got two poles uh, to the conversation. You've got you got one pole is kind of like high control Limited campus autonomy, more of like uh, the franchise model, and then on the other side of it, uh, the other the other extreme, the other pole is would be high campus autonomy. The campus is largely functioning as a as an independent organization with with limited central control. So, you, you, I think you see churches fall on either of those poles, but but more commonly. People are somewhere on that continuum between them. There, there's a there's a, a lot of room in between, and, and some people are, are sevens, some people are threes on that one to ten scale, just depending on on how they're coming down, on how much control they want to exert versus how much freedom and flexibility they want to give to the campuses.
0: So if we were to flesh that out, so say um, the more high control, so the franchise model you called it, yeah. that would be when you pipe in the um, a video teaching from the main yeah. campus.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean,
0: and 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 and
1: the video teaching is an element, sure. Yeah. So I think you would control the teaching through a video element, but but then even all the systems, all of the the branding, all of the communications, uh, you know, that's going to fall in that continuum somewhere too. I mean, some churches they do the same video announcements at every one of their campuses, for wow. example. So okay. It's not just. A message, but it's it's announcements. The flyer shell is the same. So yeah, there are multiple pieces to it, but certainly the, the, the video teaching element is, would be one of them.
0: Okay. And then on the flip side way, on the other end of the flexibility, um, each campus would be autonomous, have their own teaching pastor, have their own um, communications and centralized um, yeah. things. So yeah. if, if you translate that to just... groups, groups ministry, what would it look like, say, on the one and the ten
1: yeah i think on the on the on the on the 10 if it's high control then you're going to have uh, the same assimilation approach at every campus regardless of its size you're going to have all the same branding elements you're going to have all the same marketing pieces you're going to have the same displays in your connection areas everything if you if you showed up at one campus and you showed up at another the experience you'd be like wow this is déjà vu because uh-huh. it looks exactly like the other one I was at. Now if you're on the one, the only thing that may be the same may be the the overarching philosophy of of groups ministry and maybe a, maybe a logo or something and then everything else may be uh, much more diverse and, and 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 much more unique from campus to campus. I think that would be mm-hmm. uh, kind of what you would see from a from a low control kind of environment.
0: And so for your experience personally, Jason with um, Chase and with saddleback are both of those models tend to be on the heavier on the control side or or were they different?
1: Yeah, you know, so I think there's a there's a, a fairly typical um, life cycle that that happens. I think when you launch campuses at the beginning, you're just trying to figure out how to make this thing. <laughs> work. I mean, what, what what have we done? Is this this right. suddenly I've got this level of complexity that that I didn't anticipate, and I'm just I just don't want this thing to crater. So let's get this thing done. So I think they start very uh, autonomous and entrepreneurial, and then over time you see you start to see, like, fractures in the in the model. I, we've talked about it, you and I. I think you can fake it for a while when you go from one campus to two, and you can kind of just keep doing the same things that you've always done, and that'll work for a while, but you'll start to see little hairline cracks mm-hmm. in what – Giving. and and when you launch that third campus it's kind of a forcing mechanism so I think then you start to get serious about systems you start to get mm-hmm. serious about some of this some some consistency some alignment issues and such so I think they start more autonomous and more more entrepreneurial but then out of necessity over time they trend to be higher control and a little bit more towards that franchise model is what, what I've experienced in the two places that I've been in.
0: You know that makes sense too because if you're going to get bigger um, you, because you then do need structures, right? Then right. why duplicate it? You know, why reinvent the wheel? There's some economies of scale happening. So then it makes more sense to use the resources of the main campus, it's just better stewardship probably, Absolutely. than to recreate it for every single campus. So then I can see how it would drift towards that. That makes sense.
1: Right. And, that, and that's what I always tell our guys. It's like, look, hey guys, there are a few things that we want to look at and maybe tighten up and get a little more consistent. Now that's not to... Squelch your creativity and and your your ability to dream and envision things, but it is to let's be good stewards. Let's let's not be doing the same thing nineteen times. Let's <laughs> let's not be writing the same emails or creating the same tchotchkes or doing this. Let's 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 be good stewards. Let's 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 build some teams of people who can help do this for all of the campuses, and let's be a little bit more efficient in the way that we operate. So yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly.
0: Then what? But what about? Can we push back on that for a little bit? Yeah. So now what about the cultural context though? Like if you make it so consistent like a franchise, right? So McDonald's in, in China is exactly like a McDonald's here kind of right. idea. Then um, are you? what are you, might you be missing um, in terms of the specific context and culture and community where God's planted that particular next church?
1: Yeah, I, I think even in the highest control environments, you have to leave wiggle room for that. Otherwise, you're... You're not gonna get leaders at those campuses, and you need leaders at those campuses. So so I think one of the one of the key elements to this conversation is, is figuring out what, what needs to be the same and where are those mm-hmm. those areas of freedom. And and making sure that people at the campuses know very clearly where those areas of freedom are so that they have those places to to innovate, they have those places to contextualize to your point, because each campus is unique. And and so for, for us at both Chase Oaks and at Saddleback. Those areas of freedom a lot have a lot to do with community engagement. I mean, how are we going to engage the community around us? We do very little other than say, "Hey, it's a need. Let's do this. Let's 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 make sure that we're actively engaging our community." And 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 what that looks like, we don't put a whole lot of parameters on that because that's a place where you've got to be able to contextualize. I think campuses, the, the from a size standpoint and, and their facilities. Some campuses can do these really awesome connection events and, and assimilation type things like the group links and other stuff. Some campuses can't so they've got to be able to like flash and introduce the campuses small so they can say, hey we've got these three three uh, people who are starting groups. they're out in the lobby in the connection area. go by and say hi and, and ask them a little bit about about their group. Well, we can't do that at, at Lake Forest to hear it. But we can do that at Liso Viejo, which meets in a, at a high school and has about 400 people at it. So those areas, we got to define those clearly and then give them the the opportunity to to flex those creative and innovative muscles, or else they, they'll they'll get a little bit a little bit tired of of, uh, of the role and feel like a caddy more than a than a leader.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, as you were talking, uh, Jason, I was thinking, you know, even a non multi site environment, just in a, a one church environment and one campus. We get that question a lot in terms of our small group leaders. If you have more than, than two leaders, uh, you're gonna have to know what parts to control uh, and what really matters. So, for example, um, you know, that might be um, the requirements to be a leader that has to be the same across the board. And it could be a low bar or high bar, whatever your church decides is a requirement. So that right. would be the same. However, how they meet, when they meet, um, you know, where they meet, how long they meet. I mean, all of those things are things you can flex with based on their schedule um, who's in their group, how they do childcare. I mean, there's tons of space for um, them to figure out their context and to feel valued and supported from the leadership in doing so. But then yeah. we have have to hold really tightly the stuff that matters to us, which is things like qualification for leadership.
1: Exactly, exactly. And 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 I love what you said there, because I think when those things pop up and people innovate, I think in a high control environment, the tendency is to ask why questions. And I know you and I were just at a place where somebody (laughs) taught us, hey, replace why questions with what questions. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's important because as you've got campuses and as you've got people innovating and doing things, instead of asking them why, because it threatens the model and it threatens the control if you're on the the high control side, to ask what, what was it that prompted them to do that? And then to celebrate that and seek to bring that in and, 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 Make that a part of the the innovation across all campuses that can be shared. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and how to do that with with our guys here here at Saddleback.
0: Oh, that's cool. All right, so let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. Yep. So, if okay. you have a satellite campus, um, what are what's the best way to go about building a group's ministry? Like, for example, do you have to have a strong uh, main campus structure first, or can you start out and experiment um, with a, a smaller campus?
1: Yeah, no. I, so I, I think it helps to have a strong main campus and to have that be a part of of the DNA because you're not going to be dealing with with headwinds at at that right. campus. You're going to have them at your back and, and pushing you along. But I don't think that I don't think that's necessarily a deal breaker if you don't. I think if you are a passionate groups person and you find yourself at a a campus that and you feel like you're kind of pushing things upstream, I think there is. I think you're a gift to that church for one, and I think I think there's a way to very graciously sort of lead up and out to to the primary campus. But I do think it helps. I mean, if you can begin with a, a clear mandate from that that uh, that main campus, and it's part of the DNA already. I mean, certainly uh, that that carries a lot of weight.
0: So, would you recommend that? Um Okay, so say let's let's say you're in a, a church that values small groups and has a, a healthy and a um, established small groups ministry. So then you start off other campuses, Campus 3, Campus 4. Um, yeah. Then would your second or third hire be a small groups person or would you prefer to have the campus pastor own the small group piece? Does it matter?
1: That's a great question. Yeah, I think it is healthy at the beginning for a campus pastor to own groups, especially if you're a church uh, um, of groups, not a church with groups, because it, the only way that you're going to replicate that DNA is for the campus pastor not to see groups as something tangential to what they're doing, but as core and critical to the the, the health and the vibrancy of that campus. So I actually love it. And we start here with without a, a groups person, uh, because it, it forces a couple things. One, it, it, it forces total ownership by that campus pastor of groups. But then it also starts them on the journey of building out a team of, of really committed and faithful groups. People. So, so they're looking, they're, they're, they're leading groups, but they're, the, for the very beginning, looking for key volunteers and key leaders that they can pull in. That even once you hire that person, end up serving as sort of a, a part of a strategic team for groups at that campus that, that feels in a level of investment that maybe a typical coach or somebody might not because they've sort of run it on a volunteer basis in conjunction with the campus pastor. So I love the campus pastor beginning doing it, but then yeah, our our first hire after a, an attendance trigger is hit is a groups person to, to step in because it quickly, if the campus is growing, groups are exploding and expanding. It it's untenable pretty quickly. So the first attendance trigger for us is hiring a groups person that can give that some, some more focused attention.
0: What would be the numerical trigger for Saddleback?
1: For Saddleback, it's 500. Okay. Yeah, 500 that attendees makes sense. the campus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, um, okay. So the main campus, say, already has a groups um, pastor or a groups person. So then that person acts as a resource then for the campus pastor until they hit that trigger?
1: yes so so <laughs> you, you've touched on another question which is sort of central team versus yes. versus the campus autonomy so the way the way it started for us both at at, at chase Oaks and at saddleback was the person at the, the first campus the, the larger primary campus sort of serves as a as a group's champion uh, across the first few campuses they're functioning in a pseudo central role and and offering support to that campus pastor to the volunteer Volunteer that they may bring into into that role, and then what happens over time is, as, as the number of campuses grows, is that person in that pseudo role struggles one one because of bandwidth, but two another pitfall of that approach is that. That person is is deeply committed from, and, and it dates back to before the, the the first campus was ever launched. They're right. deeply committed to that main campus, so they're always going uh, to be thinking through the grid of the large campus they've always been a part of. And it's a real struggle for that person to step up above that hmm. and offer the kind of leadership that you need to to all the campuses, whether they're a campus of two or three hundred or a campus of, of twenty thousand. So, I, I think that that works. Again, that's one of those things. I think you can do the first campus or so, but then once you get beyond that, you start to see that be become a major issue. Where you have to really start thinking, and I probably need somebody above all campuses in a central role to be able to think not through the lens of one campus out to the others, but but even above that and, and see all campuses equally to the extent. And that that's
0: that. pretty much why you're at Saddleback. This is <laughs> your, exactly, your role.
1: That's exactly my role. Yes. <laughs>
0: So how do, do you ever get, okay, you can you can be honest here, but did you ever, do you ever okay, get... I will. I'll see Steve. Uh, yes. We don't know if Steve ever listens to these, so here we are. Um, but do you ever get an, kind of an us versus them mentality? Is that why you need someone that's kind of kind of float above all of that?
1: Absolutely. If that person, that champion is connected to a campus, it's really easy to view them as, as, as out of touch with what's happening at, at your campus and... And, 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 I, and, man, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and trying to, to manage to that because it's an easy thing to set in. Um, I don't want ever our guys to think that I'm in an ivory tower and, and, and up on high pushing stuff out to them. I want to involve them in every conversation that I can. Anytime we're talking about strategic direction for groups – I want somebody, at least two people from regional campuses at that table. There'll be a group of people from Lake Forest for sure, but we've got to have people from the regional campuses there. Um, and, and j- just saw recently uh, a, a breakdown in this that, that causes some heartburn that it, I'll share with you. We were putting together this little kit that we were going to use at, at campuses. And as is often the case at Saddleback, it was something that came up kind of late in the game, the need for it. <laughs> And, uh, and we only had a limited amount of time to do it. And so a group from Lake Forest just gathered some people. They put this thing together and said, all right, here we go, handed it to the campuses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, campuses says, hey, wait, hold on a second. I've got to store this. I don't have any room to store this. <laughs> oh, wait, you want me to pay for it? And it's it's. I think it was like 9 or $10 a piece, and we need wow. hundreds of them. I don't have that in my budget. Oh, wait, I don't like this. And and because and some of the, the I don't like, it, 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 it was – I, it was valid. I, I don't want to say it was invalid. But you could hear and listening to the person talk. The real issue was I wasn't involved in this yes, conversation. so they don't feel valued. I was involved in this conversation, and you're pushing this on me without any, any opportunity to speak into it. And we had to unwind that mm-hmm. and go back. So that's why everything we do, when I'm in a meeting, if someone says, yeah, we're working on this, I'm like, hey – is there are there any regional guys in that conversation? We're talking about training hosts in a new way. Are there any regional guys helping you shape that? No. Well, here, let me I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to call a couple guys. When's your next meeting? Okay, great. Let's get let's all of us mm-hmm. get together about that. So I think that's a key thing that you got to constantly think about in, in order to keep that us versus them mentality from, from creeping in. It's a, it's a big one. It's a big deal.
0: That's a great example. It seems like you probably spent a lot of time, Jason, in coaching and um, mediating between the two.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I feel like that's a a big part of my value is that I can—and I, I and they've told me, the regional guys have told me, hey, I, I feel like instead of being given orders, I'm invited in to the, to the conversation. And for me, there's nothing that's more music to my ears than that because <laughs> I, I passionately and, and fervently believe that, that we is way better than me. And it doesn't matter who the me is. The we—and I, and I tell the regional guys all the time, our church and the kingdom— is better for your involvement, not just at your campus, mm-hmm. but for things we're doing across all of our campuses. And and so I, I try to facilitate those all the time.
0: That's so wise. I, I think um, getting buy-in by having them have a seat at the table. Um, again, an application for that, even on one campus, is really saying, hey, we're doing this teaching series. What do you think about, you know, how we might do this with small groups or, you know, how can, and, and ask for it. And they just, people just feel so honored. They just want to um, be part of the conversation. It, they may not have, and, and it really does save a lot of heartburn later because yes. you're not dealing with resistance.
1: It's it's a great moment in our monthly meetings when I, I I will spend I will very specifically and intentionally say hey I just want to real quick thank uh, Brandon and Jim for just this last week they they were in a meeting and helped us put this together because the reality is I can't get all nineteen to that table right but if those guys here, one of our guys in this room exactly. Then they're like, okay, great. It's uh, we, we've had a voice. So yeah, and then and, and then those guys feel great because I've we've, we've applauded them for their contribution to the overall strategy and movement of, of what's happening in the
0: church. Right, and they feel heard by you. You're like their rep, so that helps. Yeah. Um, what are so that us versus them mentality, the needing to get ownership, um, buy in, by valuing, and inviting. What are some other dangers or pitfalls with the multi-site groups ministry that's challenging?
1: Communication. Hmm. Uh, I, I think the, the well, for one, I just think anyway. I think organizationally, and this is this dates back to my my corporate experience in our Almost every problem that we encounter in organizations of any kind is is a matter of communication. The, the more complex a, an organization gets, the more communication breakdowns you you can have. And so one of the things – the guys here, I've been here a year, and the guys say, man, I'm so glad you're here. You've, you've helped us so much, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, gosh, I, it doesn't feel like I've done a whole lot. But, but I step back from that and realize what I have done is, is dramatically increase the level of communication. The guys don't get surprised by things. And oh, I think that's, that's huge. <laughs> people do not like to be surprised. And they don't like somebody coming up to them at their campus and asking them about something they feel like they should know the answer to. And they, they feel like the only person who doesn't know that answer. So I think communication. We, we, we communicate. I communicate over and over and over again. And I do not think in a central role, in a multi site environment, I'm not sure it's possible to over communicate, quite honestly. So I think communication and, and then kind of related to that and, and the whole idea of, of the seat at the table, even from a meeting standpoint, I, I gather the regional guys once a month, but I also go I have I make sure that someone at least one maybe two people from Lake Forest are at that meeting mm-hmm. because I don't again I want us all at the table together not the mothership pushing out <laughs> over here so so we have those conversations I sit in on any meeting related to groups that Lake Forest has to, 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 to keep that drift from happening to where we kind of back to the place where we're operating autonomously at Lake Forest and patting the regionals on the head out there mm-hmm. telling hey go go for it so so I think alignment keeping keeping us together keeping us in the conversation. I think there are all kinds of communication issues um, that arise that, that we, can't, uh, we can't communicate enough to, to overcome.
0: Yeah, and if that's probably uh, your statement about everything kind of boiling down to communication in your organization. I think that's so true. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're a church of 100 or 10,000. It, it all boils down to individuals and yeah. whether they feel valued, whether, um, you know, they are communicated with clearly and not surprised, um, those, are, those are good ones. My,
1: my wife's a counselor, and this is a <laughs> random sidebar, but she taught me years ago, hey, you got to stay in conversation long enough to get to the third or fourth level, because the first mm-hmm. thing that someone tells you is never the issue. You have to communicate, ask questions to get down to what the, the real issue is. And that's where, like that one issue, they were complaining about certain aspects of the box, but you get down three layers and it's he didn't communicate with me and I wasn't, I wasn't heard and involved. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge.
0: And what about um, if you were going to hire someone that mm. uh, would be in your, you know, campus three, four, et cetera. And um, so you're ready, you've hit the, the numerical marker and you're ready to hire someone for a group's ministry. Would you be looking for someone different than you would look for, for the main campus? If you were looking for a small groups director or pastor on a main campus versus a satellite campus, would your hiring criteria look different?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's that's a great question. So I think who you're looking for, uh, whether you're one, one campus and, and not multi-site or, or whether you're um – Multi-site and somewhere from one to twenty campuses or whatever that number is. I think it changes. I, I think at first, as you're you're forging the way and you need to to build a, a ministry model and strategy, you've got to have a strong entrepreneurial leader who gets marketing and gets leadership development and all those things. Um, if you're in a in a very sort of you're not a micromanaging culture, that's that's who you need. As you as your campuses start to grow, you get you get more campuses. You start to maybe move more towards a higher control model, or if you're just one campus and you're you're just more of a high control uh, culture anyway, then I think what you what you're going to need at that point is is somebody who is more the the shepherd and and more of a. Um, uh, someone who who is okay being administrative they, 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 they they've got a model that's been largely fleshed out now it's just about executing so so who it is that you need the, the entrepreneurs might get a little bit bored and a little bit ants at that environment, right. but but they're going to be excited about uh, maybe maybe starting the next campus or whatever. So, paying attention to that I think is critical.
0: And then as far as training, if you can touch upon training briefly, would you train differently? In a, um do you use your centralized training typically across the campuses, or do you let campuses develop their own training for small group leaders?
1: So we, we do both, um, and, and we try to equip the, the campuses to, to be ready to do that. And, and some of it depends on, on again, where that, that campus uh, group's person is. So um, we do do some all-together trainings. I just did a strategic planning day last Thursday where we brought everybody together, and I walked them through a process of clarifying the vision for their campus. And we talked. We talked about, hey, there's some given vision. There are things that right. come from, from Saddleback, from groups the way we've always done them. But there are some uniquenesses to our campus that, that necessitate us um, clarifying that vision on some level. So uh, they fleshed out their vision. We walked through developing a plan and, and ended with a plan. And I told them at the end, here's my goal. I've done this today. And I'd love to do it once a year. But I'd also love for you at about the six-month mark to lead your campus, your leaders, mm-hmm. your, your strategic team through this as well. So it's, it's about them owning the process of, of, of building a plan and, and, and training and developing people that, that we're, we're coaching them on. But, but I want them – I don't want them to just rely on me constantly. I want them to, to get this and be able to do it and deliver it in their local context to make them the hero with their people.
0: Oh, that's great. So you raise them up and send them out and hopefully they're doing, they're doing the same in their environments. And then are they required to report back to you, uh, how it's going?
1: They are. So what we do, what we did this Thursday was we built these plans and then we're having a, a report back day on on uh, in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So we started the plans as part of the planning and I said, hey, finish these up, flesh them out. Let's get back together and you're each going to have 10 to 15 minutes to share your plan. And that's that's that is partly accountability, but, but that's a small, tiny part. The real reason for that is I don't want to lose the best ideas from all, across all mm-hmm. of our campuses. Right. So I told them, keep the cement wet until you've heard everybody else's plan and then once you do steal their best ideas incorporate them into yours, <laughs> and then and then say hey this is what we're going with so so yeah so they they do it there's a, an accountability piece but there's also a sharing of collective wisdom that goes on as well
0: i love that i think that the collective wisdom piece is one of the um benefits of a multi-site model because you do have more people um doing similar ministry but doing it maybe in a different way that you can learn from so it's kind of a built-in lab right there which is great
1: yes yes yes
0: all right well jason uh, thank you so much for your time is there any final thoughts you'd like to share before you sign off
1: Oh no, you know what? Well, sure, yeah. I for one, I know we've talked about multi-site. I know it's easy to hear like 19 campuses or whatever and feel like gosh, I'm I'm I don't know. I, this uh, my ministry's not the same or doesn't have the same impact. I grew up in churches of 200 or less. Hmm. And 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 I, I until Chase Oaks I'd never been in one that was multi-site and and I never I for I've never questioned the the value of my ministry in any one of those contexts. So I think whether you're trying to figure this out as one campus, a, a small church or whether you're you're wrestling with this whole multi-site thing. I I just love pastors. I love the 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 effort that people put in when we get to lobbies and other other gatherings just to see and to hear and to learn from people. It's just so amazing what God is doing across the country and around the world and and man, I just want to say to to people who are listening, keep keep it up. Keep up the great God is doing some remarkable things around the world. And, uh, yeah, just want to encourage them in that way.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you, Jason. So I hope, I hope our audience does take that encouragement. What we do matters to the kingdom, matters to your church, and um, matters to our own selves, too, in our own development. So thank Absolutely. you for the work you're doing at Saddleback. Those guys are lucky to have you. are blessed to have you.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. It's, um, it's always fun to talk with you.
0: Oh, um, you can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason N. Williams um, you can also interact with Jason on our Facebook group network page if you have any questions to follow up anything concrete you can message him or um, find him there and he's pretty active on that he's also part of the Orange County Huddle um, with Saddleback and others so um, if you're in that part of the country you can connect with him and he's making himself available so feel free take advantage of Jason <laughs> he has 19 he, campuses yeah. he's not that busy he's, <laughs> he's just hanging out
1: <laughs> I will always make time so- yeah, please do. I can ever help.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jason. God bless you and your ministry.
1: You too. Thanks, Carolyn.
0: Well, thanks for listening to Group Talk. If you like what you hear, please leave us a positive rating on iTunes, and that helps other small group ministry point leaders find us. And we'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to Here to There, part of the Group Talk Network of podcasts. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.